0: Please listen carefully. Hello, and welcome to the Optimist Daily's Weekly Roundup. I'm Carissa. And I'm Ariel. And we're
1: working hard to put solutions in view and optimism in movement.
0: So, we're back, Ariel! Ariel! <laughs> So, listeners who have been following this podcast previously remember that Summers and Christy used to be the host, Um, and Ariel and I were working in the background to produce this show every day, and we'd occasionally lend our voices to the podcast.
1: But now Summers and Christy have embarked on new adventures, and Carissa and I are going to take over as your hosts.
0: Mm, Yeah, the podcast has been on a hiatus for a while, but we thought it'd be great to bring the platform back. We've had a lot of changes at the Optimist Daily in the past year, which includes becoming fully integrated into the nonprofit, the World Business Academy. And because of that, our website has also been going through a bit of a transition since you last heard from us.
1: We now have all of our solutions available for free in an expansive library that we continue to update and curate. So we recommend that you pay us a visit online if you haven't already. Now, for the podcast, instead of a new episode every day, we're going to just do one roundup every Friday of all the new solutions we've published over the past week, with special attention to each of our favorites.
0: I guess it's enough housekeeping, so without further ado, let's get into it. All right. Ariel, how was your week? It's Friday. I'm excited for the weekend. I don't know about you.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Um, earlier listeners might remember that I live in Amsterdam, so the weather is starting to turn a little bit. It's quite rainy, actually. So, Whoa. But the, the forecast for the weekend is going to be... A little bit more sunshine than during the week, so I'm excited for that. Nice. How about you?
0: I live in California, so <laughs> it's still pretty warm here. <laughs> um, last weekend, actually, we did have like kind of a chill and it was nice to curl up on the couch. This weekend, I think I am mainly going to have a lazy weekend, which is exciting because over the summer, every weekend I've been pretty busy. Yeah. I had to say goodbye to my sister going back to college, so Aww. um it'll be an interesting weekend without her. But yeah,
1: (laughs) I think similarly, I'll also have a bit of a lazy one, maybe like watch some nature documentaries or something. (laughs)
0: Mm, What kind of nature documentary? Well,
1: okay, this is actually a pretty good segue to the solution that I wanted to highlight this week. Yeah, my solution has to do with the cosmos and stars. Uh, So I would probably be into watching something about space.
0: Always inspirational. Well,
1: I guess I'll just get into my article, yeah. which is titled, Meet Susan Murabana, the astronomer bringing the cosmos to Kenyan youth. Susan Marabana she's a a Kenyan astronomer her mission is to bring the love of science specifically space to youth and especially to girls interesting there's still a stereotype hanging around that science is mostly for boys Mm. and that little boys would be more interested in anything to do with science and math and that honestly was my experience yeah I guess I was a bit of a bookworm growing up, still am, uh, so I was more comfortable with literature, arts, the creative Mm -hmm.
0: side of things. I would say, too, for me, I was better at the arts and literature and same, but I was really interested in science and, I mean, I was still okay at math and science and stuff, but they weren't my best subjects for science, and especially the solution. I'm glad you're talking about it. I was really into astronomy. Mm -hmm. As a former wannabe astronomer, I'm glad that you are covering this solution.
1: I guess this is kind of heartwarming for me because I feel like as a child, if someone was opening my eyes to how cool and accessible science could be, even if you're a little girl who identifies as a bookworm, there could be a place for you in the scientific world. Susan Murabana herself, she's a Kenyan astronomer, as I mentioned before, but she didn't discover her love for space until her early 20s, I think. Mm -hmm. Her inspiration was sparked by an outreach program at a remote school in Mumais, which is a tiny town in western Kenya. And then that kind of changed her life. The outreach program was by Cosmos Education, which is a nonprofit dedicated to enhancing science education in disadvantaged countries. And basically, she was just able to stare through a, a telescope and witness the magnificence of the universe. And that inspired her to open Star Safari later in life. So Star Safari does a similar thing. They are dedicated to promoting science and technology using astronomy and astrophysics. And they make that available to villages in Kenya that otherwise probably wouldn't get that exposure. When she looks back at her own experience, she says, looking through the telescope that day sparked my passion for the cosmos. And if an outreach group had approached her when she was even younger, then maybe she would have been more interested in a career in science and astronomy. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that that was really cool, uh, especially because her mission is not just about sharing science with everyone, but also breaking down the gender norms mm-hmm. and encouraging young girls in particular to develop an interest in a field that is often exclusive or it feels exclusive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in her own words, she reflects on the stereotype, stating there's a common misconception in Kenya that astronomy and science in general is hard, boring for the West and only for boys. I'd like to teach young girls that science is neither of these things and that they, too, can become astronomers like me, which I thought was super cute.
0: Exactly. I think that's awesome.
1: After launching Star Safari. She established the Traveling Telescope in 2014. So that's a social company funded by the earnings from Star Safaris and Overnight Excursions. Because they have the proceeds from Star Safaris, they can make all of these tools and experiences available to even more disadvantaged areas. So her and her husband, Daniel Chu Owen. They go to remote areas every two months, and they bring their telescopes and inflatable planetariums. Um,
0: Oh, I love inflatable planetariums. We used to go (laughs) in those when I was in elementary school. Really? Those are awesome.
1: Uh, Yeah, really cool. Bringing those around to these remote areas, they can allow up to like 300 children to study the planets and then, you know, just kind of – develop a curiosity for the mysteries of astrophysics. Yeah. According to Mirabana, the traveling telescope has reached more than 400,000 people since it began. Uh, and it primarily targets outlying schools to maximize the impact of their outreach. And yeah, it's it's what really inspires me about Susan Mirabana is that she just wants girls to become interested in science and uh, encourage them to pursue careers in STEM. So yeah, for me, she's a hero. She's already been selected as a Space for Women mentor in 2021. So that demonstrates that her impact has gone far beyond the communities she strives to educate within Kenya, but Yeah. yeah, she also has a global impact. And she has a bunch of other awards as well. Um, I would encourage any of the listeners, if they're interested, to just look her up and see what other cool things she's been up to.
0: I love that. Yeah, I love any solution that has to do with STEM and young women because – For me, I kind of wish that I had went down that path. I think for me, it was like maybe a little bit opposite in elementary. I felt like more encouraged to do that. But then once I got into like, Mm. I don't know, like actually like what I'm going to do with my life when I got into like junior high, high school and stuff Mm -hmm. at our high school, like STEM was definitely not encouraged for women. And just like in general, we had a pretty weak program. So I kind of went with more what I was better at. So and you know what, though? I was also thinking she started in her 20s. We're also... Around the same age, so yeah. it's not too late for us.
1: <laughs> it's never too late. What about you? What caught your attention this week?
0: Yeah. So for me, what caught my eye as a California native was the fact that a baby beaver sighting is heralding the reemergence of California's beaver population. Woo. Um. So love baby animals in general. So, (laughs) But this one is really cool because um, we've covered the power of beavers on Optimus Daily throughout the years. They're great at rewilding and it's great to come back to them as a solution for our environmental troubles. So I guess I'll dive into why this particular baby beaver sighting is super great. So Bill Lakeham, who is the president of the Urban Wildlife Research Project and fondly known as the Fox guy, (laughs) recently had a revelation while analyzing film from a wildlife camera along Apollo Alto creek bed where he saw a baby beaver. And this observation was confirmed by local wildlife experts and represents a watershed moment in the region's ecology. It's been a really long time since a beaver colony settled in the area of the South San Francisco Bay. Back in the day, they were almost hunted to extinction during the fur trade era. Mm. Yeah. But now we have hope because the North American beaver is now poised for a dramatic rebirth in California. And Bill Lakeham's camera trap photographs provide tangible evidence that the repopulation initiative was successful. So for many years, beavers were actually considered a nuisance species, which was prompting mitigation and removal measures. However, attitudes have altered, and these species are now recognized for the potential benefits they might provide, which includes natural water management and preventing drought and wildfires and they're also considered a keystone species because they promote biodiversity and repair environments through ecosystem engineering.
1: Wow, that's really cool.
0: Yeah, I know. They're just natural workers. They also have like a unique ability to build wetlands in a variety of environments, so they operate as a free workforce that California has yet to fully harness. So,
1: Yeah, and I suppose like in terms of wildfires, the state of California needs all the help all that the help they can we get. can get.
0: Definitely. They're here to help and we've written before about how other animals too provide that natural
1: engineering
0: firefighting force as well and engineering yeah like goats for example i know we've covered before Mm -hmm. so beavers are just another one
1: i mean like as a canadian (laughs) we really (laughs) We love beavers in Canada. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Are beavers the, I guess, mascot of Canada? I mean, they are on –
1: I know they're – I haven't lived in Canada in a long time, but I still identify as Canadian, and I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure they're on the dime. Wait, maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the five-cent coin. Okay, so the beaver is on the nickel. It is definitely an important cultural icon for Canada. Um, so I'm happy that California is starting to realize just how cool they are. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> I guess like I haven't really thought of beavers in California because the fact that they're basically extinct. The only thing I know is how they were gone during the fur trade. But I'm glad to hear mm-hmm. that these initiatives to bring them back are succeeding. So it's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, although there's no specific population estimates for California beavers on you know, how many are here – Scientists are urging for their increased presence in the state. And also in recent years, western states around us, such as Colorado and Utah, have been proactive in sustaining beaver populations. So we're hoping that California will follow suit. The sighting of just one little tiny baby beaver was bringing you a lot of optimism for this area. Yay. And I'm in northern California too, not specifically the Bay. So i am they're not running around near me, but still close to home. So... I love this one.
1: (laughs) Well, that was a really nice roundup of solutions, or at least our favorite ones. We have some other great solutions from this week that you can find on our website. That includes getting ready for autumn, five ways to celebrate the autumnal equinox. Yeah, that's tomorrow. I can't believe summer's over, basically. (laughs) I know
0: a little bit sad but
1: we can get into the spirit of fall by reading this article so go check it out Uh, another one is zumba the workout that turns fitness haters into dance floor enthusiasts european commission president christen's world's first green shipping container and new york schools commit to nurturing mental health through mindful breathing what else do we have on chrisa
0: well, we also have that a massive solar farm rises from a former landfill in the United Kingdom. Very nice. Ditch the rake and discover the benefits of leaving fallen leaves in your yard. Less yard work. I think that sounds great. So Yeah. <laughs> Ditch it. We also have harnessing nature's cooling power. The U.S. announces $1.13 billion investment in urban trees green greenwashing delight California passes radical emissions disclosure bill
1: another good thing
0: for the environment in California
1: a lot of good things happening in California this week
0: (laughs) yeah so we have all those solutions and more on the optimist daily and if you want to start your day off right next week make sure you subscribe to our free daily newsletter to get our new solutions straight to your inbox every day and we also have more solutions on our social channels You can find us at The Optimist Daily on all of our platforms, including threads and Pinterest if you want to pin your vision board or whatnot with some of our solutions. And the only difference is that on X, which is previously known as Twitter, I'm still getting (laughs) used to that, we're on there as Ode to Optimism.
1: We are a small team of optimists working hard to bring you positive news. If you want to support our mission of putting optimism into the world, Click on the link in the show notes to find out how you can do that.
0: And support doesn't always have to be financial, though. Even just recommending our podcast to a friend or sharing a solution on your Instagram or whatnot would be a big help. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it for today. It was so great being here with you, Ariel. Yeah,
1: same to you, Chris Have
0: a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see <laughs> you next time. Ciao.
1: Wait, is it Equinox or Equinox? I think it's Equinox. Okay. <laughs>